This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to this live edition of Podcast Unlocked, episode 579. We are recording to you, uh, coming to you live, recording right after the Xbox Developer Direct, which has just concluded as we record this. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joined as always by Miranda Sanchez, Stella Chung, and Destin Legary. Hello, my friends, and let's just get right right to it. Uh, what were your overall thoughts? I want to hear about just the games, the format. Let's just start. Quick reactions. Miranda, you're up. I'm so excited. I know, obviously, it's something we've known a bit more about, but actually getting to see the characters on the ground, using their abilities in conjunction, and taking on enemies is exactly what I wanted. And we got a nice surprise out of it, too, for with, uh, Tango announcing a game that's out today. And we've It's been a while since we've had one of those, so yes. a good time. Yeah, we will get to that in due course here. Stella, your quick thoughts. Um, I love this presentation. I thought it was great. I really like the documentary style of presentation they did. Um, obviously, we're going to go into like every single thing that they showed, so I won't go into that yet. But yeah, very happy. Um, them hot dropping a game was really cool. We haven't seen them since like since like Apex dropped like three, four years ago. So very cool that they're t- taking that approach. Destin. You're always a you're a producer at IGN. Yeah. You, you're, you have an eye for putting these kinds of things together, and and you think about it in a unique way. What were your thoughts on the developer direct? Yeah, at first I was a little concerned because there was a lot of uh, people talking on camera, but they kind of got into a really good flow. And by the end of the presentation, I'm like, I get it. This is their like presenting of the games. I I think the the Redfall one was my favorite because it was our first really deep dive. We got to see like loot in the game for the first time and how that whole system works, how the characters are different. There was a lot to dive into just with Redfall, but I really like this and we're going to get other events like the ESL global reveal that's happening directly afterwards where they'll do more of those deep dives of probably just how gameplay works and what to expect from those expansions. So big thumbs up for the, the showcase. Yeah. Same from me. Uh, I I'm so glad that they have finally embraced this format that let's be honest, Nintendo pioneered it and Sony stole it for state of play and they stole it because it works. And now Microsoft is, has taken it and just put their own little uh, unique spin on it as well. And, yeah, I thought it worked really well. There was no real fluff. It was just all just it was it was all meat and no vegetables. And I know vegetables can be healthy, but in this case, Xbox gamers are hungry. <laughs> and we did get, we did get some release dates. Uh not quite everything though. That I mean, I would say for me that was my one and only disappointment from this. Uh, it's hard to complain when you when you get a brand new Tango Gameworks game that drops today. Mm. But yeah, no Forza Motorsport release date was really the only thing that that kind of bummed me out a little bit because the rest of it was was all excellent. But I do want to start with the game that Microsoft ended with there, arguably the highlight of the show and, and probably what everybody going into it was most looking forward to. And Miranda Sanchez can hardly even <laughs> keep still a uh, game she's looking forward to a lot, Redfall. So Miranda, now we've seen a bit more of Redfall. We've heard from... Harvey Smith and the development team a little bit. Uh, where are you at with this game? As it's as by the way, we have our date for this May second, so uh, that is not too far away. It's just over three months out. It's funny because we've actually heard a lot about Redfall up until this point. We've gotten a lot of like finite details and just very 
small things here and there. So there have been a lot of interviews with Harvey. I did one with him last year in, in June, I guess. And we got really deep into like how the loot works, how, you know, choosing your character works. For instance, if you guys didn't see it, um, once you pick a character for campaign, you're stuck with them. You do not get to change between the characters. You stay with one character until you start a new game if you want to do that, like with co-op or something. So you can have simultaneous runs going. Um, but what I really liked about this is we got a better vibe for what those characters are like. I like how they were so dynamic and shifting between different situations and encounters. Like you see what we're watching right now, um, the actual focus of the flashlight is so intense. And I feel like it's a little bit different from the last ones. Like, it, cause you get those closer corridors in this house and you know, you get that kind of like almost spooky sense of like, oh, there's something behind me. But then you come in here where you're all powerful, you're walking right up into a vampire invisible, walking right just past them is totally fine. And so I like that they're able to show these different environments and also different kinds of vampires we'll be facing. So there's different levels of like, just of course the grunts, but then there's different kinds of bosses depending on the activities you're doing. And then of course they show later on too, like the skulls we have to collect from these neighborhood bosses that are protecting these big regions. And they get to go fight a god. So that's a pretty cool thing. And, and honestly, I, I love that deep dive again, as Dustin was saying too, in the actual combat and letting us see how these things play out and how we will interact with them when we actually get to jump into the game. Dustin, uh, you, you were pointing out something towards the end there that, looks, that reminds you of one of your other favorite games. Yeah, uh, there were a few characters that reminded me a lot of Destiny, like the vampire who had a rotating shield, reminded me of the, I believe they're Hydras in Destiny 2. And when they showed the final boss at the end of the level, that made me think of like strikes in Destiny. So I think this is yeah. going to be very similar to those looter shooters that we all love, like Borderlands, like like Destiny. I know they've said during those interviews that it's going to be more like uh, Far Cry, but I'm seeing way more vibes that lend toward the looter shooters genre, and I'm all for it. I actually really like seeing the skill points being uh, given out and allow you to unlock like the progression of your character. I like seeing all the different classes and to Miranda's point, how you can only play through as one. That also reminds me of destiny because like you pick your class, you play through the game as that, and then you can go to a different save file and play as that other character. Again, if you just want to see what they play, like, um, really, really excited about Redfall. This did a lot to sell the game even further for me. And I, I can't wait to play, uh, May 2nd when it finally hits. Stella, you are IGN's <laughs> foremost competitive first-person shooter expert, so your opinion matters very much on this game. <laughs> oh, I mean, what, thank you. it does. I mean, because <laughs> it's so it's not a it's not a competitive game, but there are clearly uh, some you know unique elements to it. What's what stood out to you in Redfall? Um, so it's it's weird. I I'm really glad that we got more looks into Redfall, but I'm still not seeing that different sort of gameplay even like i know dustin saying that he sees more of like destiny in this i still just see this like back for blood system and i think it's just because of the way that they chose to um walk around in this gameplay trailer and it's it's cool but i understand that they are taking it a little bit slower just to make sure the audience can like really see everything they're more, more focusing on the abilities but to me i'm really focused because this is an fps game i'm very curious to see how the movement is going to uh work in this especially since in back for blood left for dead usually you can't really sprint because that takes up your stamina so there's something that you have to build up with that and here i can't get a good read on what it's going to look like and if it's going to be fast-paced you definitely want to have good movement and i know that it 
in um, Back for Blood, they did kind of modernize that system, but still it, it was very much like the Left for Dead system. So for this, I, I haven't been able to get a good read on how the movement is going to work, which is going to be huge. Also, I really wish we had seen more unique weapons like this one, this, this steak, like, yeah. big minigun that is so cool and yet in the trailer we see a lot of like assault rifles we see shotguns and pistols and i'm like i want to see some unique weapons that you like like that state gun that like specifically are to kill um vampires so for me my my excitement is kind of the same like i'm still very excited but i'm still very like hesitant about being like all in on it um just because i feel like we are still getting very limited pieces of how this fps game is going to work but that's just like me being picky. The freeze gun's <laughs> not doing it for you, huh, Stella? No. Yeah. Oh, I, Stella, I thought that was cool. <laughs> I see what you mean as far as like we don't have a cut of straight like ten minute gameplay, like or like yeah. five minutes. Like it's always jumping between something to show those featurettes. Yeah. And I think that's still strong. But as you can even see, like we're looking at it, it's a lot of like pan, slow zooms. It's not people just like jumping in and playing the game. And I think that is definitely something we sort of missed on this generally except i think minecraft actually did it best and kind of walking us through how something went but we are still missing that like kind of long reel of like okay how does this play what are the overlays like obviously right here you can't even see like the skills or anything they yeah. probably crop them out or like turn them off but um yeah I, I see what you're saying though yeah like i'm still really excited and i think it's going to be pretty solid but i'm just for me i'm very curious about like i mean I, I love being able to like just run around and shoot things. So for me, it's like, this is very deliberate gameplay that we're seeing. So I'm like, okay, I don't really know how this is going to play. And that's fine. I mean, there's like some mystery being left open for the game's actual reveal because, you know, May is very close. But um, mm. still, I'm just like, man, I'm I'm curious to see how like organic gameplay is going to look, so. I, I guess one, one quick thing too, is I'm very curious about the ADS, which is very weird, um, aiming yeah. down sights. So this is something I'm specifically talking about with Stella because I'm like, Stella, did you notice how yeah. it's still the same thing where they kind of put it up and there's kind of like a little bit of a scope, but mm -hmm. it's like, man, that is a big ass scope you have on that weapon. Like, are we really <laughs> looking through it or are we just like a little peek? Yeah, like um, that, this right here specifically yeah. is so bad. I'm like, I am never going to use ADS if it looks like that. So it's yeah. like, is it kind of indirectly forcing you to just hit fire? <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's that's that's my thing it's like i really cannot wait to go hands on with this someday probably may 2nd i guess but you know it's like i just want to know what is that like and why is it not fully in there yeah why are you well, the hugs go? turned off in all this footage as you yes. can tell here it is but like it, you also don't get that so usually with fps games when you do a ads um the the rest of your screen does kind of zoom in as well we don't see any of that now in some games you can turn that off like in call of duty you can actually turn that off as well some people prefer it which is i personally don't like that uh, but the fact that we don't get any zoom in and the scope doesn't seem to help out in the in this footage at all is kind of weird so yeah, it, yeah well, like there were there was the sniper There's one segment. Instance. Yeah. Well, There's sni that sniper segment. The but sniper. that's when he was using an ability, it seemed like. Because yeah. it was like that blue, floofy, ethereal moment. Like, the sniper scope makes sense. There are some games that are very specific to, like, oh, the sniper you can definitely scope in. I mean, even with, uh, I, I keep going back to Back for Blood, but Back for Blood did that. Like, with all the other scopes, you couldn't really do anything unless you were a specific person um, or, like, a specific class. And then you could ADS on sniper scopes. But in here, it seems to be the kind of same thing like, like the, the the sights don't really be seem to be helping out a lot it's like you're holding a weapon and instead of like pulling it up to your face to actually look down the scope you're kind of just holding it up rather than like pulling it up you know what i'm you know what i'm saying yeah yeah 
Anyway, that's just my nitpick from this still, I guess. <laughs> no, it's all good. These are important details that we will come to learn in due time. Yeah, I, this for me, the, the thing that jumped out for me was when Harvey said it is single player. It is a story driven experience, mm. which, you know, it's what's interesting to me with this game is it's it's it seems pretty different. Like you can see the arcane DNA in it. There's no question about that. But it looks to me, this has a very, very different uh certainly look but but even from what i can gather just from watching it a different feel compared to prey compared to dishonored compared to deathloop like it's it is definitely more of a core shooter i think would would be the way i would phrase it and uh, the town seems so interesting as a place that if the story i just hope the story can match up to the unique uh setting and as well as the this interesting variety of weapons i really like the customizable stakes that you could attach yes. at the at the yes. end of your gun that's that's a nice touch it'll be fun to find those i, I want to see around the world i want to see more of the weird stuff like the the weapons that yeah. are we saw a bone gun at one point and i'm like okay yeah. that's kind of interesting where do you that's get that insane. how do you unlock that weapon like i want i want to see the cool unique stuff to this world that people had to make to survive so because that's that's like the biggest pull of this right for so long we've been we've been dealing with vamp or with with uh zombies but now it's vampires and that's totally different we've got uh May 2nd for this, as we said earlier. And Miranda, thank goodness for you on that, because as we've been talking about on Podcast Unlocked and really all the IGN shows, starting in late May with The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom and then on up through June with Diablo 4 and Street Fighter 6 and Final Fantasy 16, there is an absolutely insane stretch at the end of what is technically the spring and kind of into the beginning of the summer but redfall's you know gonna be kind of the the first big game of may and it'll give people a chance to just jump on game pass and try this thing out i've got 10 days to play redfall <laughs> <laughs> you'll do it i have i have and uh i'm looking forward to playing some co-op with all of you yes. in this game yeah, here. We should here. Yeah, yeah four player co-op it's gonna happen the yes. unlocked crew getting together for this one all right uh, we're going to take a quick break. We will come back. The next thing on the agenda, we got to talk Forza. But first, after the break, I want to talk about the surprise from Tango Gameworks, Hi-Fi Rush, out today. So we'll talk about that right after this. Welcome back. Podcast Unlocked recording live here, episode 579, immediately after Microsoft's first ever developer direct, which I think it's safe to say uh, we all had high praise for. We'll give an overall uh, grade for this uh, at the end of this broadcast. But for now, let's talk about a brand new video game. So <laughs> that's out today. So as soon as we're, whenever they post it, they, they haven't put it up yet. Otherwise, we'd probably just have to stop doing the show and just go play this game. Uh, that game is Hi-Fi Rush from Tango Gameworks. Uh, and by the way, this is only one of two Tango Gameworks games that we are expecting this quarter on Xbox Game Pass because Tokyo, excuse me, Ghostwire Tokyo, which was a timed PlayStation 5 exclusive as part of a deal that Sony made with Bethesda prior to Microsoft's acquisition of Bethesda, that should be hitting Game Pass, hitting Xbox uh, in March. So <laughs> jumping the gun from that is this brand new game, Hi-Fi Rush, uh, and it is a rhythm-based action game it's total, you know, cartoon graphics, just leaning hard into that. Uh, a soundtrack featuring 
everybody from nine inch nails to quite the eclectic mix of of artists. Destin, I'm going to go your way first because uh, yeah, you were you were chirping away as this trailer was playing. You you had quite the reaction. I because I'm with I I think this looks great. I can't wait to play it. Yeah, I really loved Metal Hellsinger earlier this uh, or back in 2022. So when I saw this, I was really interested in seeing how that style of gameplay is going to translate to what looks like a fighter platformer. I'm really excited to try it out more uh, tonight obviously and what a great little surprise from tango gameworks it's it's like way out of their wheelhouse it's sort of a little experiment and we've been seeing more of this from xbox with games like pentiment where the developers are empowered to create like a smaller one-off and just see how it resonates with people and that game was really really popular with the people who actually played through it so i'm excited to try hi-fi rush because like i said i like metal hellsinger this is hitting all the right notes and I can't wait to play. God, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thank you, Destin. <laughs> Thank you for that. Couldn't, couldn't help yourself. Couldn't resist. Uh, Stella Chung, your thoughts <laughs> on Hi-Fi Rush? So immediately when they showed when when the main character jumped up and it showed the world, I was like, oh my god, this is like Sunset Overdrive and Jet Set Radio had a baby. This is great. Yes. And then they showed like the little button prompts where you could do like your massive combo for like your ultimate attack. And I'm just like, oh, it's like Guitar Hero too. Okay, cool. Yeah, this is sick. This is nice. This um the usual this style is generally not my usual type of game style, but I love anything to do with music. I'm really bad at rhythm games, but like. Um, as soon as I saw them describe, which is why I love developer showcases, they were talking about like, yeah, like the background music, your main character always listens to it. And it's like he's tapping his foot to the beat. And as someone who grew up, you know, having to play like multiple instruments, I'm just like, oh, my God, this is awesome. This is like feeding into that like childhood memory of like learning music, learning how to enjoy it and like. I'm like, oh my God, you can like kind of make your own music beats here because the bass beat and the bass rhythm is whatever background music is going on at the time, but obviously you can do combinations. You can make different chain uh music beats here which is really cool. And also there's a cute cat named 808. Like I'm 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 sold. <laughs> yeah, a little ninja gaiden here, maybe if we're lucky. Uh, a little guitar hero as you know it, a little sunset overdrive. This this uh this could be really up my alley. Miranda, uh, you too seemed relatively enamored with this game. Your thoughts? <laughs> I like the design of the world. The protagonist character is a little boring. Like a little tad boring. I wish they could have made him a little bit more... It's kind of vanilla, right? <laughs> yeah, like give him a cool hair color. I don't know. Everyone else looks a little bit more interesting <laughs> than him, I guess, is, is, is my first thing. I was like, oh, I mean, don't you get like punk rock or just basic rock like where are you going for I, I think a little bit more style would have been cool for him but that aside um i guess these sorts of rhythm action games aren't really my jam uh just my own personal taste i feel like they can be a little cheesy but from the design part i do like how they are building this world to really work so well with that and do a lot of visual cues to make sure that folks playing this have a good understanding of how this beat constantly moves and to enable them to get those really big high score moments. Um, I know they said too that you're not restrained by music. You don't have to play to the beat, but you are rewarded exponentially by doing so. So by hitting with the, by hitting with the rhythm, being in time um, environments and everything else is like really in sync to that. Like even on this 
this clip here, you can see like the wall is like bouncing to the rhythm. So everything here is like designed to help you keep time. And some people really need help with that. You know, you're ever at like at a big place, people are trying to clap together and you're like, oh no, because <laughs> everyone's really bad at it. Um, this game really wants you to succeed. And I like how that is designed. And I think that's what I'm most interested. I'll probably play it just because I haven't really given the rhythm action games much of a chance. But I think my big concern is the music. Because if the music isn't to your taste, then I don't think this game will work because so much about it, so much of it is about the music. Even if you like the action, I would say, it's hard to get by without liking what they're providing for the soundtrack. So yeah, we we were we were joking amongst ourselves during the stream <laughs> that what if the nine inch nails song is hurt? Like, wait a second, what, yeah. what am I supposed to be doing right now? But uh, right. by the way, if we're gonna not let Destin off the hook for his dumb pun, uh, Miranda, you have to be called out as I well know. for saying that I... rhythm action games are not your jam. So just yeah. don't just don't think that you can get away with that just right in the midst. I just of appreciate it. Talking about uh, <laughs> like the jams and jellies, you know, of the world. <laughs> sure. All right. All right. No, it's fine. Uh, no, I, here, here's the thing about this game. Number one, it looks super intriguing. I love that it's like a full on cartoon. I, I mm -hmm. love that, uh, you know, Tango's other they, they've done the evil within and did two of those. Uh, you heard I love Mikami-san sort of joking like this this isn't very scary um and and they've done ghostwire tokyo and this is just a complete this has visually speaking nothing to do with either of those games and those games were cool but i love that this is going full cartoon i'm way into that uh and i just want to like i wrote a column uh blasting xbox pretty hard for not showing up at the game awards last month and you know I, with hindsight, you can always, you know, you can always go back because, you know, part of me goes, well, why didn't they reveal this game at the Game Awards and say it's coming next month? But I want to not dwell on the negative and dwell on the positive here, which is uh, that, you know, we, we've needed, we badly needed release dates for first party games, first party exclusives for Xbox. 2022 was a miserable year. Uh, in terms of those big blockbuster first party exclusives. And here we go. You know, we expected the the Redfall release date. We got it. We expected the Minecraft Legends release date. We got it, April 18th. Uh, we expected the Forza Motorsport, at least I expected the Forza Motorsport release date as part of this. Did not get that, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But uh, here it is. We're still in January, and we not only got another bonus release date, we got a game, a first party game. So I want to give Microsoft the credit where credit is due on that, that later today, after we're done with this broadcast, whenever they put it up on Game Pass, we'll be playing a brand new first party exclusive Xbox game. And that is something awesome. that uh, we've just been waiting for, for a long time. And that, um, and I'm so happy that, that Microsoft has, has, uh, Managed to pull off the surprise. Do you, do you think? Way. Do you think they'll do it for the Starfield event also, Ryan? No. And it's available <laughs> tonight. <laughs> Someone tells me, uh, yeah, that's they did it that you know, one the time. Last, <laughs> the last time, uh, I mean, Stella, you were mentioning Apex as yes. a you know more or less a surprise drop, but as far as last time, like there was um, Fall, Fallout. There, oh, uh, there was Dead Rising DLC for hmm. must have been Dead Rising right. Four that dropped, like they announced it at E3 and it dropped that day. 
that's the last time I can remember something like this happening. And that they, must have been even three or four years ago. They did it for the Fallout was mobile game. So, you know, Starfield, they can do it for Shelter. Starfield. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kristen, <laughs> that's different. I know I'm Zelda just DLC? joking around. <laughs> But in any case, yeah, I am. I'm thrilled that we have our first first party exclusive game out on January 25th as a total surprise. So that just that's like the the cherry on top of a game that looks really cool that I can't wait to play later today. I will say our no doubt our reviews editor Dan Stapleton. I'm going to give him a shout out. He is probably. He's probably broken out in hives and or is profusely sweating right now as as he has to uh, manage the task of of getting that game reviewed in as timely but in as complete of a way as possible. Um, so we've got a few more minutes before we need to take another break. Uh, but I want to let's let's I guess let's see if we can squeeze in real quick Minecraft Legends because uh, that is a game. I mean, it's it's arguably not aimed at core gamers. I was a little surprised they led with it. Uh, I thought they would throw that in the middle somewhere, but they opened with it. But Miranda, you were you were liking what you were seeing out of this game. Hey, hey, core gamer here. I like this game. I think it's cool. No, I, I understand what you're saying, though. It's like a, a potentially a different audience. Um, yeah. But I would argue like this is something that's very appealing, especially to the folks who still play Minecraft or have got, have fond memories of it, right? Um, and getting to kind of be back in this world, mobs that you know, the environments that you know, and get to play in a different way. So this, they, they took time to look at the PvP multiplayer. And it is arguably probably more interesting to me than the campaign. Um, so it's four teams each, or no, four teams, four players each on two teams, uh, cross-platform, which is good to see that just out there most times these days. Um, you share an army and resources across your team. And every map is procedurally generated. So you're just like running in. You got to build up your fort and you yeah, got to go like get your mobs and attack the enemy base. And it was so cool how they presented this because as Destin was saying, like we really want to get a lot of gameplay here, a lot of conversations. And I just know, Destin, you weren't as much of a fan of this segment as I was, but I really liked that they were walking us through their strategy for building this up. Like, honestly, I was like, that's a thing to do first. Like you should absolutely do this. Like this is a great tip because it really helps me visualize how you go about playing this game and what the advantages are in playing the PVP. Destin care to respond. Well, well for me, the reason I didn't <laughs> want to hear them, I wanted to see the gameplay is because they've already released the PVP focused video. So for me, I'm like, let's see the PVP in action now. Right. So getting, getting to see it in action was definitely great. But like, they had a lot of segments like where you're seeing on the screen where they were sort of talking about the game and like show and tell at the same time, like my producer brain just, well, my gameplay game brain just wanted to see more gameplay, you know? Uh, it's really cool though that they're really showing off golems. They're showing off, you know, uh, rallying them up with your your flag. I can't remember its specific name, but I think PvP could be a big growth avenue for them because the Minecraft community is going to really dive into that. And the fact that every world is procedurally generated is going to keep it unique every time you play it. So yeah. I'm pretty stoked about yeah. it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if this, you know, it is more, a little bit more of a it was more of a core game than Minecraft is. So it'll be interesting to see if more Minecraft players gravitate towards this or more non-Minecraft players play this, enjoy it, and maybe gravitate back towards core Minecraft as well. All right, we're going to take another quick break, but we will be back to talk about Forza Motorsport 
and we are going to talk about this week's this big Halo uh, situation going on with 343 and the state of Halo as well. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Podcast Unlocked. We are reacting to the Xbox Developer Direct. It was about 40 minutes long. We got five video games. Uh, we'll see if we have time to talk a little Elder Scrolls Online. But first, I do want to get to Forza Motorsport. That is the next-gen racing game totally rebuilt. Uh, the Xbox One is being left behind. This racing game is solely for the Xbox Series X and Series S. Uh, Destin, I think this... this Lock, this segment might largely be the two of us. The you and I, I think, are the two people that that care the most about this particular game, which is uh, which is fine. Everybody's got their different tastes and preferences. Uh, the the first thing I I couldn't help but think of, Destin, with this is is that even watching this on the stream, just it it's it's the worst way to watch it because it's all compressed. It's it's 1080. Uh, you got to see, like, seeing this game in 4K60 is going to be a completely different visual experience than watching it on a stream on YouTube. Yeah, I actually reached out. So the IGN asset we're getting is actually from Turn 10, and we'll be releasing, like, a proper 4K version of this yeah. same asset. Thank you, Turn 10% of that over. Uh, really excited to see that. And what a wow factor the graphical elements give to this game. I know it's silly to some people, but the fact that the dirt collects in the correct spots yeah. adds just another level of immersion. And getting to see that ray tracing while you're racing and somehow they're going to have that while targeting 4K60, that, that has to be like with DLSS or something or uh, FSR, which they use on uh, the consoles, because I don't know how you accomplish that. You know, for a racing game like this, this is the sim racer in the series, right? Yes. So track being... closed circuit, track racing, yeah. higher higher frame rate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so... it's important, right? You can do you can do 30 with a game like Forza Horizon 5. I think 60 is a little bit more important for a sim. A, a very quick note though, I mean, even if you're not interested in this game or like playing it, the technical achievements in this have implications for every other game, right? Yep. Like you have to look at these racing sims to see like what graphical possibilities there are, like what cool technology advancements they're making. Like that dirt will impact the dirt on your favorite RPG character someday. And mm -hmm. so you shouldn't well, like dismiss that necessarily, right? Like that's that's a big deal. Specifically no, I... Fable. Yeah. Uh, Fable's <laughs> using this engine because yeah, Fable's using Forza Tech. So, oh my God, imagine. Uh, yeah, everything, everything you are seeing here uh, can be rolled into Fable should the Fable team choose to utilize it. So is, that is an excellent point to make about this, Miranda. But yeah, it's funny, Destin. I had I had the realistic dirt accumulation also in my notes because <laughs> it's I'm a car guy. I haven't yeah, seen it's, that. It's you know? that is cool. That is an awesome. Like, cause a racing game, sure, you know, you want it to, you want the cars to drive realistically and behave. But but those sort of little. Details. details just add so much to the realism factor of a game that's trying to be realistic. It is a simulation. It is attempting to simulate real life racing. So yeah, the realistic dirt accumulation is fantastic. I, I love that. Uh, 500 total cars, Yeah, 100 of them new to motorsport. Now I suppose that could mean uh, cars that it, I actually don't know if there are cars off the top of my head, if there are cars that have been in Forza Horizon that have not been 
in motorsport. I guess there probably have, considering there's been for sure one and possibly two horizons since we got our last motorsport like um, like the lfa but, yeah. i don't know if that was in like motorsport 7 but yeah, yeah. or the like the porsche Taycan ev for instance uh, that's one right of my favorite one of my favorite cars in horizon yeah. 5 but uh yeah 20 environments all rebuilt for next gen so even if they were featured in previous sports and motorsport games really there are only so many famous racing circuits around the world so all the major racing games have, have pretty well covered them all at some point in time but all 20 rebuilt from scratch for next gen including five that are again new to motorsport so five that you've never seen in a sports motorsport game yeah. before there's a single player career in this which makes me very happy that it won't you know of course the online functionality the online racing will be great and you know, in single player, you'll be able to race as sports of motorsport pioneered back in the day, racing the ghosts of your friends uh, on the track and their their drivatars. Uh, my my drivatar is known to be quite a dick. If you if you <laughs> run into my drivatar, we got a track. I, I've received many yeah. tweets over time of people upset at my drivatar for be, for behaving the way it does. They showed the driver for a second in the footage also, and it looks yeah. really really good. Like how they've decided to render that character. Uh, of the twenty tracks, I was surprised we didn't get a new track announcement today because we only know of five of them. They really mm -hmm. focused on Kailami Grand Prix, which has only been in a set of Corsica, as far as I know because uh, I was sort of curious about that. But we know that this game is going to have an all-new Hakone track that takes place in Japan, and they've teased that on their socials. So I was like, I was surprised that they're focusing a bit on a track that was confirmed and maybe even shown a little bit. So we know about Kailami. We know the well, It might just Seca. be furthest along, right, from yeah. a development perspective. It might well, have just been the one that was most you know, in shape to show off on well, this Ma thing. Maple Valley was the one we saw in the first in the first trailer. And then we got a look at uh, Kailami. We know Laguna Seca, Franco Chump, and Hakone are also confirmed for the game. So where are the other 50? There's 15 more tracks they're going to reveal for Forza. Yeah. That's awesome. With f the 500 car thing is also nothing to snub your nose at. That is a huge roster of That's vehicles to choose from. You know, I, I can't think it. I don't know how many were in GT7 last year, but I don't think it was 500. Was it? Do you know off the top of your head? I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to look it up here. We'll have our crack news team, oh i.e. me, when one of you is talking. <laughs> we'll look it up. But, <laughs> well, I'm surprised um, we're not mentioning the fact that the, um, the track, the temperature of the track is going to affect how you drive and stuff. And that was what stood out to me. I know the dirt is interesting and all, but like <laughs> the temperature of the track is what really got me. And I'm actually surprised that they didn't show any like damage and how that'll be sustained on your vehicle and how that'll affect your driving, which I know if it's a sim, you want it to be as realistic as possible. So mm -hmm. I'm surprised we didn't really get a good look at that. So I don't know. Car well, experts, what do you think about that? particular they, aspect they discussed the damage aspect and i don't think it has a, a physical impact on you know wind or anything like that that would impact your car or your drivability so i don't i think it's visual and aesthetically but that is directional it does go through multiple mm -hmm. layers of point so like if you scratch in a specific spot that's where that scratch will take place and they will show through the layers of paint there but i do think it's just an aesthetic aspect to the game um yeah. They also covered off on the, the fact that this is going to be the first game where they have multiple tire compositions. That's something that like GT has done for years. And GT was the previous game I played. And before that, I played Forza Horizon 5. Uh, great, great racers, just very different genres, right? Oh, but yeah. It, but anyway, um, 
the tire composition thing is kind of a big deal for this because with the time of day effects and the weather effects and everything impacting how your tires drive, sell it to your point, it's going to have a drastic impact. And they've even uh, bragged about how like they're going to check the what the tire is doing 16 times every second. So you get that level of uh, uh, realism to the, the Forza Motorsport gameplay. One thing By they the way, all... Destin, just yeah. to, uh, just to uh, jump in, <laughs> and I know you, you weren't trying to make like a console fanboy comparison. It's just that GT7 is, was the last major sim racer yeah. to come out. Period. I bought a steering wheel for it. I was super yeah. into it. Yeah. Uh, 457 cars is Ooh. the is the current list. So, you know, similar similar number, tons of cars in both games. But uh, And then I wonder what... Yeah. What's... I wonder what Motorsport 7 had then also. Anyway, that's for after the show. Um, <laughs> uh, the last last thing I was going to say uh, was, you know what? I lost it. Back to you, Ryan. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, this game, it's been a while since Forza Motorsport 7. And while I'm on record as saying I, I actually do prefer, I think Horizon is the even better game. That's not a, I'm not trying to insult motor, Motorsport because it's been a, it's been a phenomenal sim racing series for years. I, I actually think it it passed up Gran Turismo a, a few iterations ago. Even though again GT Seven is great, and I'm I've got a PSVR two pre ordered, and I'm really looking forward to playing yeah. some GT Seven in VR. That's something that I will not be able to do in uh, in the reboot of Forza Motorsport here. But uh, the yeah, sound. It's, yeah, that's what it was. That's what I lost. Yeah, go ahead. You want to talk a little Dolby Atmos? Yeah, so they confirmed Windows Sonic and Dolby Atmos, but they also did a, a segment about how the sound is going to impact your driving. And it made me think of the PlayStation 5 controller and how they use the haptic feedback in the triggers to recognize when you were doing your corners perfectly, like just hitting the edge, and you would get that vibration. It seems like the Forza team, their solution with Forza Tech is to have a sound design and they really uh, accented that very clearly when you were on the edge of the track and feeling that vibration, which is really important to a driver who wants to shave off that one second, you know, every lap and hit every corner just right. So those small things are very important in the, in the, in the sim racing scene. Uh, and I think it's going to do a lot to further immerse players in that sort of driving experience. Well, don't forget, Destin, that, that the, our friend, the Xbox controller, uh, those forces, one of the few games that made good use of the rumble triggers yeah. over time where, you know, if you, if you grab the brake real hard, you can actually like, you, it kind of simulates the feel of the, of the brake caliper grabbing the, grabbing the, the, With the resistance. disc to try to stop the brake rotor. So it, yeah, I, I can't wait to see like the thing about Forza is it's they've always had really talented technical folks. Like you know, I think Miranda was touching on it at the top of this segment where it has always been a gorgeous game going all the way back, and they have never let up on that. Forza has always looked stunning, and that's always been led by motorsport. And Horizon's done a great job of of t turning that into an open open world scenario. You know, the playground team that does Forza Horizon and the Turn 10 team that does Forza Motorsport, they share a tech pipeline. So they are constantly, when one, one team makes an improvement, it gets shared with the other team for them to utilize as well. So, you know, even the things that, that Playground did for Horizon 5 have no doubt in some, in some small, medium or large way 
contributed to motorsport and this next gen reboot that we're getting. Uh, we've got a, a couple more minutes here. So uh, I want to go. I know we, we're kind of out of time for ESO. Great to get another expansion. That Those expansions are, are almost like clockwork. Every June, you get a major new expansion for ESO. They're putting up all the old ones for uh, for free. Let's, do we have, do we have one more segment or are we, are we out? Uh, somebody needs to remind me. Well, they remind all right, you. So we're, we're <laughs> yeah. going to, we're going to be out live, but we're going to come back and do another segment to talk about Halo because for, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not done talking yet, but before we cut out from the live broadcast, I just want to get a grade it, from each of you grading this Xbox developer direct. The first one of these they have done. Miranda, I'll go to you first. Give us the on the United States grade, you know, school <laughs> grades, A, B, C, D, F. How did Microsoft do today? I actually gave them an A. I thought it was great. They delivered exactly what they said. They gave us an extra surprise. I got a very good understanding of all these games, um, mostly release dates. One, they're not ready to share yet. So that's fine. I thought it was a, a really good time. Stella? Yeah, same. An A. I So I, I think about it like the tier list, but then the S is at the top, right? So I'd, I'd say it's an A. They didn't go away. They didn't like uh, stray from the tracks of what they said they were going to deliver. Like Miranda said, they had everything in there and they even hit your bingo, your 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 prediction, right, about dropping a new game. So yeah, absolutely an A. Destin? B? Quickly? Redfall gets an B. A. All right. All right. I'm, I'm going A as well. Again, the only thing I can possibly complain about is that lack of a Forza Motorsport release mm-hmm. date. Is it still going to make that out before June, before the end of June window that we were promised a year ago? We shall see. But that'll do it for this live episode of Podcast Unlocked. But we will be back. If you join us on, on your favorite podcast service or on YouTube later, we're going to do another segment. We're going to talk some Halo. So until whether we're done or whether you're coming back to see us later... We'll see you soon. For those of you that uh, this is like the unlocked extended Hi. after hours edition. Uh, Bam. We, I didn't do it. If during you're not the show. even, if you're not listening to this live, I guess if you're, li- if you're here or watching this, you didn't watch us live. So none of this matters and it, <laughs> we can just talk and it's fine. It's the real oh, thing. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> the, the show up to this point was we were walking the live tightrope and trying not to not to mess up. Now we can we can mess up all we want. Now it's fine. All right, uh, all right, back to the later. No, it's all good. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's all good. So yeah, those we did our live reactions for the Xbox Developer Direct, but there's one other major news story, and I mentioned it at the top of the podcast that uh, we just missed it. As often happens, the timing of our recording, go figure. We just missed this last week, so I wanted to dedicate some time to it, especially as kind of the dust has settled on it now. There's been a little more chatter. And that is the situation at 343 Industries. Uh, They were seemingly pretty heavily impacted by the layoffs, the the, the 10,000 people that Microsoft laid off uh, about a week or so ago now. One of the people that is... Uh, thankfully not laid off, but no longer at 343, is Joseph Staten, the director of Halo Infinite who parachuted in there in the final year to help really focus the game, get it out the door, uh, and and really was a person that, uh, I mean, I, I obviously didn't work with him, I didn't develop Halo, but from a public-facing perspective, was somebody that 
the community could trust, right? That said, hey, you're an old, you're an OG Halo developer. You wrote the story for Halo, Joseph. We, you know, we have a lot of faith in you. And and Infinite did land great. Miranda, I mean, I, I, not just Miranda and I, all four of us have really enjoyed the, the campaign of Halo. And so the departure of Joseph Staten really leaves a creative void at the at the top of the team and like that director's chair. And uh, it, it, it sort of more and more departures are becoming known. Unfortunately, by departures now, I mean layoffs. Layoffs in a lot of a lot of the different teams. So I'm talking too much. Let me let me just go around the room here. Destin, your your first thoughts on kind of the situation now at 343 with team has been heavily impacted by these layoffs. Uh, Joseph is has gone back to publishing. He will not be working directly on Halo anymore. How are you feeling about the future of Halo right now? Worried. Uh, I'm very worried about the future of Halo. I, I don't know how you lay off a quarter of your staff when you were already struggling to support the game and keep multiplayer functional. And now a quarter of your staff's gone, including a ton of people in the art de- in the art department. You know, 343's released their statement. We released our story corroborating some of the stuff that we've heard behind the scenes. They're saying, you know, we dispelled those rumors. But at the end of the day, what former employees are telling us are not good things. This is very concerning. And a a two-sentence statement doesn't do a lot to ease my concerns for the campaign DLC we were supposed to get or what they're going to do with with multiplayer in, in the in the months to come when they were at full staff the one multiplayer story that we got was go kill stuff good job killing stuff it was a joke pandered by the community so now they've fired a quarter of their staff and they're just like we're all good we're still going to do all the stuff we promised okay like forge is great what they've done with forge has been very very fun and interesting but we need concrete examples of successes from 343 beyond the campaign and unfortunately multiplayer has had a ton of issues sorry ryan i'm kind of rambly no it's all right and i want to i want to yeah. read the statement for anybody in our audience that that hasn't heard it this was the studio head pierre uh, pierre hints taking to the at halo account on twitter to say halo and master chief are here to stay 343 industries will continue to develop halo now and in the future including epic stories multiplayer and more of what makes Halo great. Uh, Stella, you certainly uh, focus more on the multiplayer side of things. You reviewed Halo's Halo Infinite's multiplayer while I reviewed the campaign. Uh, you, as I mentioned earlier in the show, and, and I'm always happy to, to give you the, the <laughs> deserved props, you are our multiplayer queen at, uh, at this company. You're, nobody, nobody can defeat you in battle, <laughs> and, and you have a ton of knowledge on just multiplayer communities and what makes a great multiplayer game and what makes a great live service ongoing multiplayer game. Uh, you've talked about how you've fallen off Halo multiplayer, uh, even though you really liked it when it came out, you know, the struggles of Halo, of 343 to, to sort of maintain the live service aspect of it in a way that, that could keep players' attention. So what do you make of all this? Uh, how are you feeling about Halo right now? Well, I mean, 
I feel like I've constantly been in this state of like, oh, I'll wait for more updates and then I'll go back to it. I'll wait. And the same with like the the winter update that came out. A lot of people actually really enjoyed it. They went back, but I think a lot of them realized that it was kind of more of the same. Um, so I always meant to go back with the winter update, but I was like, oh, there are all these other quality games that I could play that I know I will enjoy, whereas the last few times that I've played Halo multiplayer, I really did not enjoy my time in it. So it's kind of a hard thing. It feels like that trust has been kind of broken. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like the server issues still have not been addressed, and it only gets worse. There are still a lot of exploits that players can find. Um, and the good exploits that the community actually enjoy have been taken out of like competitive, which Ridiculous. is really bad. It's really bad. <laughs> and it does not make a good linkage between the devs and the community. Um, I do believe that the devs are trying to do everything that they can to try and communicate that they are paying attention but it feels like they're paying attention in the wrong way so with this news it makes me feel even less um enthusiastic and hopeful i guess i already didn't feel great about the state that it was in and i've yeah. mentioned like man if only i could go back and review it now it would be a completely different story like when it first came out yes it had a lot of promise i was very excited obviously with the new live service game you're gonna it's gonna take some time to get used to it apex wasn't always great as a live service game but they got on top of it after like second or third season but halo's still struggling and that's kind of telling that they haven't been able to adjust so it doesn't make me feel great about it miranda how about you so i've actually gone back to halo pretty infrequently um and have been playing actually quite regularly since December. So I was one of those people who got back for the winter update and honestly did see a lot of changes that were needed. Um, to Stella and Destin's point, though, it's very obvious that this team still needed a lot of help in maintaining this game. And them laying off a ton of staff does not seem promising at all to me. Like, for instance, in, in Bank Team Battle, stockpiles just a mess like i anytime we yeah. get stock fire like okay are we on the team that cares about what they're doing are we on the team that's just trying to clear goals and then just get the weekly challenges like is that what's happening here and it, it just feels bad to be there sometimes it's like well at least we can waste 10 minutes trying to practice headshots and other things but and that's a problem right you shouldn't feel like that of like an entire mode uh, and there's a lot of issues and a lot of good things there too, but, and it, it's again, obvious that things have been balanced, some things have been tweaked, but there's still more work to be done. And when they say, yeah, Master Chief and Cortana, they're staying here at 343. I'm like, okay, but with what team? And, yeah. you know, Ryan, you hit on this too. It's like, ugh. I, I, you say this, but how can you, how can you say this? <laughs> I mean, I guess if you're saying, yeah, it's staying here as in like, there are some people who are at this team that will help, but ultimately if development is still being handed off elsewhere, yeah. and that's kind of a, a strange remark to make at all. Um, obviously these layoffs too were hit across Microsoft and it was also at Bethesda and at the coalition yeah. and all of these things happening are just very worrisome. And of course, really unfortunate. I just, I hope those devs can find the jobs really quickly. I know it's it's been a very tough time in, in a lot of industries right now and it's really stressful. Um, but again, like I say this all the time about Halo, it's like, guys, this is Master Chief, Xbox. What the heck? <laughs> like this is, this is like your golden goose. Like this is, this is like the icon for Xbox, and this is what's happening to it. And it's really unfortunate to see and and weird to weird to wrap our hands around how it just feels like it's not getting the support it needs to be what it could be. Yeah. yeah. 
Go ahead, Stella, please. I was just going to say, it's really bad when you put out that, when 343 puts out that announcement post that they will stay with Halo, like Halo will be their baby. And it's really, really bad when you see the entire community saying, well, maybe it would be better off in someone else's hands. Yeah, the reaction was, I don't know if that's good news anymore. And yeah. that that's well, pretty, pretty scathing from a community that... You know, Halo Infinite came out. We're all really excited about it. We're all pretty positive about it. And then they just, what's it been? A year? And we're still waiting for the campaign DLC. There's still sync issues in multiplayer. They were largely fixed with the winter update, but there's still problems, like core problems that aren't fixed yet. That's really, really worrisome for me. And also, they said that they're going to do more updates, more releases this year. Like, is that even possible at this point? Yeah. And I cannot imagine the stress that team must be feeling, too, on the back of having all these layoffs. And like, oh, yeah, we, we're still owning Master Chief. Guy. We're still owning the series. We'll get to it. I'm like, that's, I, that's I, a lot. I almost wonder if it's like part denial i don't know and like certain affinity is going to be lifting more of the heavy weight than 343 will be at the end of the day it mm-hmm. yeah it, i'm very concerned i'm very worried about the future of halo um yeah if this sorry she's barking <laughs> i'm trying to stay in focus because this is a serious halo is a serious yeah. topic but there's a barking dog in the background so i'm just going to see if holding on to her will will help here for the rest of the show but um yeah it's you know, I'm going to read you just one little snippet from our story from Obier from yesterday. Uh, and that is at least one senior level source with knowledge of 343's internal workings, but who is no longer with the studio, has claimed to IGN that 343 is being reduced to a publishing team. However, based on conversations that IGN has had with knowledgeable sources, the situation at 343 appears to be ongoing, and there is a growing, if unconfirmed, conviction that 343 will no longer be Halo's sole developer when it's settled. And so, you know, I want to go on record. I, I I tweeted this, but I want to make it clear. I'm not rooting against 343. I think 343 has been a net positive for Halo. You, Those of you listening out there, some of you may disagree. That's okay. Uh, but when I look at Halo 4's single player, when I look at Halo 5's multiplayer, when I look at Halo Infinite's uh, launch multiplayer and its campaign, I think it that the studio has been a net positive. They, they've seemingly just never quite been able to put all of it together into just one amazing package, which is what Bungie managed to do. Uh, and I think that's the standard that, that 343 has been held to. And it it's both fair and unfair. Uh, it's unfair because they're not Bungie, but it's fair because, well, you took over Halo and that's that's the job. So, uh, you know, it's it's a... It's a weird situation, and I don't know where we're going to go from here, but I would share all of your sentiments that I'm worried about the future of Halo. And until 343 can prove otherwise, you know, I don't know where we're going. I don't know if there's still a, the 10-year plan that they told Miranda and I about two or three years ago. I can't imagine that's a thing anymore. And that's and if that's the case, that's okay. You know, if, if things... I Here's... I will... I guess... Uh, I need a producer to tell me how long we have because I know minute. we're running out of time. And uh, I think my closing statement on this would be, you know, number one, I hope everybody affected by the 343 layoffs is able to to find the next chapter in their career soon because 343 has a ton of talented people and those displaced people are, they're going to do great somewhere else. 
And for the future of Halo, uh, if 343 is not going to be in the driver's seat, and that's a big if. Again, I'm not rooting for it. I think we might be heading for, I think a reboot might make sense for whoever takes over. And I don't say that lightly. We can talk more about it on a future episode, but there's a lot of reasons why it might it might be time to just hit the reset button on the whole on the whole series. Uh, it's it's been done before by other franchises. God of War comes to mind as a successful example of that. But uh, it is an ongoing uh, situation with Halo and at three four three. So for our super producer Red, along with my wonderful crew here of Miranda Sanchez, Stella Chung, and Destin Legary, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This was a Mostly live version of Podcast Unlocked. <laughs> oh, now it's pets time. It's pets time in the final seconds. Uh, this was Unlocked 579. Where, where's the camera? Get in front of the camera. Yeah, there we go. Huh? <laughs> there we go. And uh, we will see you all again next week.